the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's conservative blowtorch. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, that guy lies. I'm not Todd Starnes. I'm Mary Walter. How are you? It is so good to be able to join you. I'm so excited. I'm going to be with you today and tomorrow. So I'm super happy to be able to spend my days with you guys, and, and I'm with Alan and Ben and Grace, and so uh, all's right with the world, although I have to tell So let me tell you who's coming on, and then I'll tell you this little thing. So I want to turn my phone off. You don't want to hear my phone dinging during the show. Oh, I already did. Okay, so coming up next hour, it's going to be a packed hour, because we have Cheryl Chumley from the Washington Times will be joining us, and Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. Boom, both in one hour. Yeah, it's going to be a crazy hour, but the rest of it... This hour and the last hour, all you, you know, I love to talk to you. I love to take your calls. I love to hear what you have to say. Uh, You are welcome to challenge me. That's great. I think we can learn something when we challenge each other. We have our thoughts challenged. I think that's a good thing. It makes you think, you know, makes a little, a little, little, Terrible, get back on the wheel up there and start pedaling instead of listening to just your own sentiments that echo back to you all the time. So I think that's good. So you're always welcome to jump in. And of course, you can also also reach out to me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Uh, if you don't have the number to call in, it's 844-747-8868. That's easy. So before I get get bring some breaking news to you, as I'm getting ready for the show, my phone rings. And, you know, now, you remember when you used to you used to get mail in the mailbox? It's this thing that used to be down at the end of your driveway. And a, and a person would come and they would put letters in them in an envelope. And, and there were things that people used to send to each other. And it used to maybe a letter from your grandmother or a card or something. And, and, and it was important stuff. Then we started getting junk. And then and we had this term junk mail because it was all this junk that started coming in there. So we get email. So we're like, okay, because I can't use the regular address anymore in my, my mailbox because I get all the junk. So we have email. Then we started getting junk email to to our email, right? So I I have an email address now for that purpose. It is literally the for is junk mail and then a number and then my provider, right? So that's what I give to, you know, where you have to put a, you know, your order in presence, whatever you got to put a, a email down, you know, they're going to sell it. That's, that's where it all goes. So my personal email is somewhat junk mail free, somewhat knock on wood. So you start getting all this junk mail. So now everybody wants your phone number, right? Everybody wants your cell because we're going to text you coupons. I'm like, I don't want, no. Can't you just send the coupons to the junk mail? Because that's where you were sending them to my email. No, no, no. We, if you, you, everything goes to your phone. Now they want you to download the app. So now, now I need a burner phone. Like I need a phone just for the apps and, and all of the coupons and the stuff that everybody has to send to my phone now. Like you can't escape it. 
Like, they just keep following you. Like, there's there's just no reprise. So my phone rings, and I rarely pick it up. My cell phone, rarely pick it up if I don't know who the caller is. And I'm like, if they're serious, they'll leave a message. But it said verified caller, picked it up. And it's someone who gives me this whole spiel about breast cancer, blah, blah, blah. And I'm being nice. and I'm listening because I'm like, you know what? God love her. She's working. It's a crummy job. Fine. I get it. And she's telling me that, um, you know, she wanted to know if I um, will, if, if I'll, you know, pledge when I get my, my thing in the mail, will I pledge, you know, to, to their cause for breast cancer, blah, blah, whatever it was, breast cancer. And I just said to her, I said, you do realize like this is the worst time of the year to be fundraising, right? Like you realize that she hung up on me. She hung up on me. The woman asking me for money hung up on me. There could have been a, this is, you know, this is the worst time of the year to fundraise, but because it's for, she didn't even let me get to the butt. She hung up on me. I got hung up on by, by one of those callers. I, I'm supposed to hang up on them. They're not supposed to hang up on me. Yeah. So that happened. So yippee. So that's that, that's pretty much how my day's been going. I uh, do have some breaking news for you. Uh, first of all, right now, Kevin McCarthy is giving his last speech before leaving Congress. I don't know if we want to take that live. That's up for you guys to decide here. Alan and Grace and, and Ben, you guys can decide that. Uh, but in other news, you know, assist, U.S. Assist, assistant U.S. Attorney Leslie Wolf, you've heard her name. She is going to be, uh, she's been subpoenaed to testify behind closed doors in front of the House Judiciary Committee today. She should be doing that right now. She's supposedly in that testimony right now. And she is the U.S. Assistant Attorney who was accused of limiting questions related to President Biden during um, during uh, during the possible investigations. Now, um, she's going to supposedly supposed to testify at the House Ways and Means Committee on Tuesday. Now, we know her name because of Gary Shapley and Joseph Ziegler, who led the IRS portion of the Hunter Biden probe, and they are the ones who said that Leslie Wolf sought to block investigators from asking questions related to Joe Biden throughout the federal investigations into his son. Shapley said that Wolf worked to, quote, limit questioning related to Joe Biden and apparently references to Biden as dad or the big guy. In 2020, she reviewed an affidavit of a search warrant of Hunter Biden's residence and, quote, agreed that probable cause had been achieved. However, according to both Shapley, Shapley said Wolf would not allow a physical search warrant on the president's son. She determined there was enough probable cause for the physical search warrant, but the question was whether the juice was worth the squeeze, quote unquote. Uh, Wolf, according to Shapley, alleged that the optics were a driving factor in a decision on whether to execute a search warrant. Wolf agreed that a lot of evidence in our investigation would be found in the guest house of former President Biden, but said there's no way that that will get approved. And she also is allegedly the one who tipped off Hunter Biden's legal team ahead of a planned search of his storage unit that therefore never happened. So... Why do I bring so there's that. So she's supposedly testifying right now. Well now we find out, Fox News, that um she's no longer employed by the DOJ. I don't know supposedly 
She allegedly had plans to leave the DOJ, long-standing plans to leave the DOJ, and did so weeks ago. Maybe she did. But I wonder because if any of this, you know, a lot of it has to do with their pensions and all this other kind of stuff that they want to make it to a certain certain times so that they can get the pensions and, you know, they can leave and they don't have to worry about being fired and, and all that. So I don't know if that comes into play here at all. So she is no longer with the DOJ, which I found uh, very interesting. Also, super interesting. I have just been told that there's a new phone number. So um, let me write that down because I know, see, don't feel left out. I find out last. I'm always the last to know. So let me write this down. It's no longer that number. It's 901-260-5926. Yeah, so the new number is 901-260-5926 if you want to join me. And you guys probably knew that, but they didn't tell me that. I'm always the last to know. Mm-hmm. That's the way it goes. Um, <laughs> and Ben just sent me a note blaming Grace. So there you go, Grace. Ben just threw you under the bus. Okay. So that's happening um, on Capitol Hill right now. Leslie Wolf, uh, the prosecutor accused of the one stonewalling and protecting Hunter Biden, Joe Biden, during those investigations, um, now is no longer with the, the DOJ. So she's not there. Uh, all right. Now. The other thing is, as of yes, I'm sure you, know, you probably was. This was hit on yesterday. Todd hit on this yesterday. But the House voted to formalize its impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden yesterday, twenty two twenty one to two twelve. Every Republican voted in favor of it. All and all present Democrats voted against it. Not all Democrats were there. There were a bunch that were out, uh, but it wouldn't have mattered because all of the Republicans voted for it. I don't know. I got to tell you, here's the thing. I don't know if this is the smartest thing to do. Because now Joe Biden can run as a sympathetic character to the left. He's being persecuted and hunted by the Republicans. They're, they're, they're impeaching him. This is just payback. And it kind of makes him a little sympathetic. I, I don't know. You can tell me how you feel about that. But I think that there, this, this could backfire on Republicans in that way. Maybe there's others that you can think of. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. Uh, Joe Biden um, yesterday sent a statement. He doesn't talk to anybody ever, ever. Um, did you see his press conference? Not to get off on a tangent, but did you see his press conference with Zelensky? And he calls on the because he's told who to call on, who to call on. You know, Joe Smith or Cheryl Chumley, Washington Times, Cheryl, and then she stands up and asks her question, and then he reads the answer. So Joe Biden's not even answering the question. A staffer is answering the question for him. And he just reads the response. That's where we are. So, so I'm sure a staffer put out a statement uh, to, who did they send this to? To Mediaite. I'm not going to read it all to you because it's pretty lengthy. But he says, on Tuesday, I met with the president of Ukraine, who is leading his people in a battle for freedom against Russian aggression. He came to America to ask us for help, yet Republicans in Congress won't act to help. The people of Israel are in a battle against terrorists, and they're awaiting our help, yet Republicans in Congress won't act to help. 
I, I, we have to address the situation at our southern border. I'm determined to try to fix the problem. We need funding to strengthen border security, but Republicans in Congress won't act to help. And it goes on about the economy and, um, you know, it's Republic, Republicans in Congress are driving us towards more self-inflicted economic crisis uh, because they won't fund the government to make uh, critical priorities, make life better for Americans. So he blames everything on the Republicans. So all the problems in his administration are because of the Republicans because they won't do anything. And then he said, instead of doing anything to help make Americans' lives better, they're focused on attacking me with lies. Instead of doing their job on the urgent work that needs to be done, they are choosing to waste time on this baseless political stunt that even Republicans in Congress admit is not supported by facts. Which... To his point, several Republicans have come out and said so far there is nothing that they have, no solid evidence to connect Joe with Hunter. Now, the impeachment inquiry can allow them to get more information, things that the White House refuses to give them that they've asked for. They now have more power to get certain information that they're looking for. Now, they're gambling that that's going to connect Hunter to Joe. That's going to connect these payments directly to Joe Biden in some way. Now we know money's transferred. We have, you know, they have a lot of the the bank records, but they're trying to connect these foreign payments, you know, to Joe other than it was a loan or this or that. So Republicans are gambling here, I think. And I don't know the smartest thing. I really don't. 901-260-5926 if you want to jump in. We have so, so much to cover today. Some of it's fun. Most of it's fun. Like most of it's a little like, um, I don't want to say fun, but not necessarily political because Congress, they're, they're getting ready to leave. So a lot of it's slowing down. So a lot of the political craziness is slowing down. The rest of the world's still absolutely insane. So we're going to have some fun with that instead. All right. I'm Mary Welter. You're listening to the Todd Starn Show. And welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. Mary Welter sitting in for Todd. You're welcome to join me, 901-260-5926. Or uh, no, hit me up on Twitter at Mary Welter Radio. Also, I have a podcast. I had this great guest two weeks ago. I don't know if you've heard of her. Her name is Grace Baker. We had so much fun. Uh, so that is up there. If you go to YouTube, just search for Mary Walter Radio, click the live tab, and you can see Grace's podcast is up there along with a whole bunch of others. Uh, also, the audio is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And this past Tuesday, I had Christine Flowers was on with me. She is a columnist. She's an immigration lawyer. And uh, she is also a political commentator. She wears a lot of hats. And so, you know, join us on Tuesdays, 7.15 p.m. Eastern Time. You can watch it live on Getter and on YouTube. Again, look for Mary Walter Radio. You can chime in. You can leave comments if you're watching live. And we address them. Grace answered some questions from from viewers. So we really had a lot of fun. And uh, we would appreciate it if you'd subscribe to the channel, like the podcasts, uh, give us a little bit of support there. Well, appreciated. Uh, let's go to Mike from Maryland. Uh, Republicans and the impeachment. Mike has some thoughts. Mike, well. Welcome. You're on the Todd Starn Show. How you doing? Very well, Mary. Uh, thanks to you, I'm listening to Todd Starn. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I know who this is. You. Yeah, Mike hits me up on Twitter. I know who you are. Yes, yes. I wanted to say Mark Levin last night said, we all know Joe Biden is a crook, uh, but we should be impeaching him 
for violating the Take Care Clause, Article 2, Section 3, for not upholding the law concerning the southern border. He's responsible for murders, rape, sex trafficking, and uh, 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 drug trafficking. Yeah, I don't understand why we do not, why why we leave that just sitting there. Why are we not going after him for that? I don't understand. I think it's a great point. That's a high crime, Mark said. Yeah. So why not go for something like that instead of spending all this time trying to connect the money with the bribery? Yes. He, he said it's an easy thing to prove. Yeah. It's yeah. Well, although they're going to say, I, I guess they're going to say that, you know, well, Congress has to ch- fix the the border and then it's going to go back and forth. Well, you know, you you reversed all of Trump's EOs like remain in Mexico and others. And so you you have a wide open border because they keep blaming the House. They keep blaming Congress and saying it's Congress's job to fix. But they're not enforcing laws that are already on the books. And I guess that's pretty easy to prove that they're not enforcing the that's laws right. that are on the books. Yeah. That's right, Mary. Mary, yeah, very... I'll listen to you tomorrow, too. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate that. Thank you. you and, and have a Merry thank Christmas, you, Mike. Merry, Take care. Merry Christmas. All right. Um, I want to throw this out to you. We'll talk about it on the other side of the break. A, a recent survey was done by Bankrate, and they found that 59% of U.S. adults feel like the economy is in a recession, recession being Two consecutive quarters of negative growth. Now, I don't think people, when they answer that question, go, oh, well, two consecutive quarters, sure. I think people just feel that we're in a recession. I went grocery shopping yesterday. I had to buy graham crackers. I have a friend who likes the magic bars. You know, I got to put the graham crackers on the bottom, so I'm making them for him for Christmas. A box of graham crackers was almost $6. $6 for a box of graham crackers? Are you kidding me? Butter was almost $4 a pound. I was like, oh, this is, you know, baking now is no longer just a little gesture like that you give somebody. Just say, oh, I'm thinking about you. So you like give them a little gift. Now it's becoming worth something. I'm shut. The prices are crazy. Everybody was talking about them. Everybody was complaining about them. So I want to know, do do you feel like we're in a recession? 60% of respondents in the lowest income households, those making under 50,000 a year, said the economy feels like it's in a recession, but those making 100,000 or more, 61% agreed. So that's pretty much everybody across the board feels that we're in a recession. And I'll break it down over age, et cetera, coming up. But the White House keeps telling us that the economy's never been better. We had the stock market just hit an all-time high yesterday. Now, a lot of people are invested in the stock market. It's not just rich people. If you have a 401k, all those things, you're invested in the stock market. But it's still money in your pocket that's going out faster than it's coming in. That's more coming up. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to The Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. I'm Mary Walter in for Todd Starnes. Yes, coming up next hour, Cheryl Chumley from the Washington Times will join us. And Tony, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer will join us as well. So we're talking about the economy. 
901-260-5926, which is why when that person called me this morning asking me if they can count on me to, you know, fill out my pledge form when they mail it to me and, you know, send them a check, I'm like, dude, I just went shopping yesterday. I was out among the masses. It's crazy expensive out there. And I'm buy I'm not buying things that in the past I would have said, oh, yeah, I could do this Christmas. I'll buy it. No, now I'm not doing it. There were things that I saw. I said, oh, that would be nice. Like, nope, I didn't buy it. You know, I stopped at one grocery store, specifically bought a special, you know, a certain cut of chicken just because it was on sale for $1.19 a pound, you know, like that's what I bought. But the price of things is really expensive. And Bankrate just did a survey and they found that 59% of U.S. adults feel the economy is in a recession. They say that uh, if you're between the ages of 43 and 58, that's Gen X. They're the group that's most likely to say the U.S. is in a recession at 65% of them. Well, good, because you also all probably voted for Biden. So there you go. Millennials, 27 to 42, also think that at 60%. That's the second most likely group. Again, elections have consequences. Uh, Baby boomers, 69%, 58%, excuse me, uh, baby boomers, 58% of them, and Gen Z, 55%. If you have children younger than 18, you are the most likely to say the economy is in a recession. If you have children 18 or older, 63% of you agree with that. And even if you don't have kids, adults with no kids, 54% say that the um, we're in a recession. So the um, the Corinne Jean-Pierre can get up there with that binder and she can read whatever she wants to me, but it ain't, I'm sorry when I turn the TV off or the radio off and I'm not listening to you anymore and I'm going to the store and I'm looking at the prices. No, <laughs> I, there I am. You know, I, I always was a huge coupon person and then they went digital with the coupons and I was like, Ugh, I would forget to like, I have, where's my card? I got to get the card thing. And I did it. I became less about it because I had to go online and look circular and load download digital coupons and all this other stuff. So um, I was always used to the Sunday manufacturer coupons. That's how old I am. My mom used to have me cut them out as a kid, you know, so I grew up that way. You grew up with that stuff. But um, now I'm taking the time to go online, to bring up the digital circular, to, you know, download, go click the thing, download the digital coupon. And the problem with that is, is then I got to look at the receipt and make sure all the digital coupons downloaded because so I have to have a list. It's very time consuming. They don't make it easy, but that's the point, right? That's the point. They don't make it easy. So 901-260-5926, do you agree that the, it feels, it just feels like the economy is in a recession. Gas prices have gone down. Absolutely. Gas prices have gone down from their all time high. I don't think they were they were when Trump was president, but they have gone down from you know Joe's best work. But the day to day stuff is expensive. Like I said, graham crackers almost six dollars for a box of graham crackers. Fifty uh, percent of Americans say their overall financial situation has declined since the twenty twenty presidential election. This is why I want Trump to run on it's the economy, stupid. Don't get involved with, I was robbed of my second, of my, you know, the presidency, the election was stolen. Don't get involved in any of that. I don't want to hear you whine. Talk about how you're going to fix it, please. That's what I want him to do. Tell me how you're going to fix it. 66% of the current economic environment has negatively impacted their finances. You've got uh, 64% say it's changed their financial habits. Yes, like you're investing differently, right? 
So I, I'm just curious if you see the same thing or you feel the same way. I, I just because my husband does. Mo- I'll be honest. My husband does most of the shopping just because he he drives by the grocery store every day. And he's one of these people, or he, and he can also like his office is right near Costco and BJ's, like so, so he can go to the warehouse, cl- you know, the club stores. So, for me to drive there, he said, "Well, you know, you're gonna for the gas that you're gonna burn, it's worth it for me to just stop along the way." I was like, "Okay, you know, he's he calculate he'll calculate how much it costs per mile and what it's gonna cost for me to drive there to drive." So he just does most of the shopping. So when I was out amongst the the masses yesterday. I even bought, they had poinsettias on sale for, um, <laughs> they were uh, three for $15, right? Otherwise you paid $6 poinsettia, but it, so you save a buck if you buy, you know, save three bucks if you buy three. I found the manager special in a corner. They were poinsettias that were only a dollar each. They were sad little poinsettias. You know, a lot of them had broken limbs and that kind of thing, but I felt badly for them. So I bought three little ones, three of those, and I'm just going to put them together and it's going to just look like one big one. So it cost me $3. I was so proud of myself. And I brought home an unwanted, I, I brought home unwanted poinsettias that normally would not have a home for Christmas. So there you go. <laughs> Justifying my stinginess. <laughs> 901-260-5926. Jessica listening on WSIC in North Carolina. Hi, Jessica. Hello. Do I need to take my speakerphone off, or will you hear me okay? If I hear myself echoed back, uh, that it's no, but no, you're okay. You're fine. All right. Well, okay. So first of all, yeah, if it wasn't for manager special, boy, there's a lot of things I couldn't do. So if you right? went into shopping, it, it really does help a lot. And my biggest rule, though, is to never take the last one. So there's always someone else after me that could use them, too. So I never take oh, the last nice. one. Yeah. But um, what I was going to say about the high-cost things, is that, you know, I, I can go back to wallpaper. Part of the reason wallpaper went away is not just because it went out of style, but because the place it was made, it was an area of unrest, and they couldn't produce it. And so that's what I'm feeling has kind of been happening. I've been in the grocery industry a little bit, and I watched vanilla go up, you know, and a lot of vanilla stuff to make vanilla, uh, you know, extract is not in America anymore. And so we're feeling the repercussions or aftermath of, letting stuff be produced out of the country and now we're paying for it, oh. I think. You know, where, are, of where are graham crackers made? Because they shouldn't be almost $6 a box. I'm having a huge problem I with know. this. I was just yeah, wondering about that. Well, you know, it could be components of graham crackers that make the graham cr- crackers expensive. <sighs> you know I mean? there's a That's how they do stuff now. It's like, well, we get this there and that here and this here, and then we get it all in one spot and then make it and sell it. You know, so that there's everyone's right. That's what it seems to me, you know. I mean, look at the cell phone industry. You know, it's all over the place. Yeah. They all need a central hub, but there isn't one. And then people get upset about central hub thinking because they think it's going to be socialism. And it's just like, we just all need to just chill. You know, the way I mm-hmm. see it, it's left wing, right wing, take them both to fly this bird. And if you kill the middle, neither are going to work. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And I never thought of that. I never thought about like, oh, well, because of it, it doesn't necessarily, it's not necessarily produced locally. Like I think about my eggs because eggs are ridiculous for a while. And I thought, dear Lord, there's a farmer right down. I'm just going to go down there. You know, so, so you don't think of your eggs as coming from far away, but you're right. Things like vanilla, we don't grow vanilla beans in this country. So of course it's imported. It's going to cost. And when you add in the price of gas to get things from the ports, et cetera, it all adds up. So it makes a lot of sense. 
Wow. And Jessica, can I just say before I, before I let you, may I just say that I absolutely love when you said, I never take the last one because there may be someone behind me who needs it more than I do. I absolutely love that. I, and I, I think that's fantastic. And I, I, I wish more people would do something, think that way. I just love it. Thinking of other people, I think is something that we need to focus on more. We become a very selfish society. And so thank you for saying that. It really made my day. Thank you. Well, thank you for mentioning that. And well, another thing I want to mention too, though, is that as we're having people, uh, you know, uh, migrate to here, you know, that we need to understand that America is not a, 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 a place to take advantage of a good thing; it's to participate in a good thing. And all these programs that get them on their, you know, on their steady feet when they get here—that's just a leg up. It's not a way of life. And as soon as people stop making the helping hands their way of life, and then, you know, I'm not the most 100% American. But, you know, what I'm starting to see, too, though, um, layering upon, you know, stuff costing more and not being made in the U.S. anymore, I'm seeing the end of uh, Gen X and the beginning of Gen Y starting to adopt again, you know, I want to knit, you know, I want to learn how to sew. All these things that are going to be what is back to America. And, and like yeah. I said, if we're if we too staunch about it, and just it's going to be harder than if we just let it yeah. flow. And we right. have to give the kids the, the, the credit that they do because they are intelligent. They're not just yeah. a bunch of junk. It's here no, now, and no, you are the, the yeah, way. Jessica. Thank you so much. You, you're right, and Merry Christmas, Jessica. I really appreciate you joining me. Um, and if you celebrate Hanukkah, Happy Hanukkah. I'll I'll try to say both because we're still in Hanukkah. Tonight's the last night of Hanukkah, uh, so Happy Hanukkah, Jessica. If that's what you celebrate. Um, when it comes to the younger kids going back to basics, I see it with my nieces, and they're also more conservative. So I think maybe the pendulum's starting to to swing. Uh, let's quickly get Bill listening on KWAM. Hey, Bill, you're on the Todd Starn Show. Hello. Good morning. Um, afternoon now, Mary, and uh, great to have you in for Todd. I'm a regular on the show, calling quite a bit. But um, I wanted to chime in on this economy thing because I don't think a lot of people realize, and we all know who George Soros is, right? He owns Kraft Foods. He owns Heinz. He owns Nabisco. He owns oh. a lot of the major manufacturing, food manufacturing products that we buy. And I think that this inflation is in part artificially inflated because George Soros, I think his intent is to hurt America. And that's what better way to do it than buy up all the food products and, and raise the prices. What you know? I don't understand his his I have to hurt America thing because I agree with you. I think he he definitely wants to take America down, and he's spending his fortune to do that. I, I don't understand the hatred that could be in someone's heart that much that you hate this place that much that you're willing to hurt so many people. I, I don't understand it. I wonder if there's something more there. Like, I want to know, like, what did mommy do to you? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly that. You know, I, he's Hungarian. He was a Nazi. I think he still is. Um, and you know, the whole thing with him is just he's done so many things to hurt this country that are, I think, illegal. But I don't understand why we're not prosecuting him. He gives millions of dollars to these attorneys general that are running for offices all over the country that he wants to get in place like uh, Briggs and, or Braggs rather. And, and um, the others, Letitia James, is she but one to give millions of dollars if I had it? I'm sorry, what? 
I think Letitia James may be one as well who got money from him, but I'm not 100% sure, so don't quote me on that. But you're right. We can't do it. So why can he do it? I, I don't understand, but I think you bring up an excellent point that, you know, this a lot of this is this intentional. And I don't think you're alone in, in as far as people who think that this is intentionally being done to cripple the economy or to slow our economy down, you know, to bring us down instead of lifting everybody else up. We're going to try to bring us down. You know, and that's right. that's what's happening. Bill, happy Hanukkah. Merry Christmas. Thank you for joining me. Have a great one. All right. I'll get to more of your calls coming up. 901-260-5926. Steve wants to circle back to the impeachment topic. We will do that, and I will get to more of your calls. I'm Mary Walter. You're listening to The Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. Coming up after the top of the hour will be Cheryl Chumley from the Washington Times. And uh, she has the latest articles. Uh, One of them I found really interesting uh, relating to free speech, which is a really hot topic right now. And a man named Alex Jones. Yeah, so you may have your opinion about Alex Jones. But um, she is uh, we're going to kind of delve into it uh, a little bit more. I thought this was uh, just an an interesting story to share with you. So a guy, this Russian guy, this happened in November. We're just hearing about it now. So this guy, his name is uh, Sergei Vladimirovich Vladimirovich Ochagava. And he shows up at LAX airport on November 4th. He gets off a Scandinavian Airlines flight from Copenhagen. A U.S. Customs and Border Protection officer could not find him on the flight manifest or on any other incoming international flights. So he was charged with being a stowaway on the aircraft. Now, on December 5th, he pleaded not guilty at his arraignment. Now, the trial is scheduled for January uh, for December 26th. So Merry Christmas in American prison, Sergei. Now, the flight crew told investigators that during the flight's departure, Ochigava was in a seat that was supposed to be unoccupied. After departure, he kept wandering around the plane, switching seats and trying to talk to other passengers who ignored him, according to the complaint. Now, I hear that. I'm thinking to myself, if you've traveled on any kind of an American airline, any, any American carrier, right, United, whatever it happens to be, American, Southwest, whatever, you're sitting in a seat that's not supposed to be occupied. They want to see your boarding pass. When you walk on the plane, a lot of times they want to see your boarding pass. Even after you've shown it to get onto the gangway, to get down onto the plane, when you walk onto the plane, if you're sitting in a seat that you're not supposed to be sitting in, let me see your boarding pass. So they would automatically have known right then and there. But apparently no one asked him for his boarding pass. So he's just switching seats. What they do not allow you to do on American airplanes they don't like you to do that. Um, okay. So, so the other passengers are ignoring him. He's wandering around talking. So he doesn't sound like he's, he's right. You know, like he doesn't sound like he's all there. He also ate, quote, two meals during each meal service. Two meals. You're lucky if they'll give you a bag of pretzels. If you want another bag, or you know what, those waffle things. I love those things. <gasps> and you put them on top of your coffee mug, which you're not supposed to drink the coffee on board a plane because it's kind of really gross. But if you get the coffee, you put it on top of there and it, it heats it up 
and it gets melty and gooey and it's so so good if you want another one unless you're flying in first class they're like sorry you can buy them in the duty-free store when you land like you're not getting two stroop waffles if you want them this guy was eating two meals during meal service and at one point he attempted to eat the chocolate that belonged to members of the cabin crew he did not have a passport or a visa to enter the united states how did he get on the plane Customs and Border Protection officers searched his bag and they found what appeared to be a Russian, um, some Russian identification cards and an Israeli identification card. They also found in his phone a photograph that partially showed a passport containing his name, date of birth, and a passport number, but not his photograph. They also claim that he gave false and misleading information about his travel to the United States, initially telling Customs and Border Protection that he left the U.S. passport on the plane. He told FBI agents he has a doctorate in economics and marketing. He last worked as an economist in Russia. Um, he claimed he had not been sleeping for three days and did not understand what was going on. Uh, he told officials he might have had a plane ticket to come to the United States, but he wasn't sure. And he doesn't remember how he got through security in Copenhagen, and he wouldn't explain what he was doing there. Here's the thing. I'm glad they got this guy, right? What he should have done, if he was smart, was fly to Mexico and walk right across the border and he would have been hot diggity dog into the country and taxpayers would have paid to fly him anywhere he wanted to go. He doesn't need ID. He doesn't need a visa. He needs nothing. And for whatever reason he's here, it wouldn't matter because we have open borders unless you land at the airport. Dumbest thing ever. Why do we even have customs at the airport? What is the point of it? So this guy, obviously he's not the brightest, you know, brightest bulb. Because he just could fly to the southern border. And how many people are doing that, right? All right, coming up next hour, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer will be joining us. We have a lot of different you know, news stories to speak with him about. Also, updates on Israel and the war uh, with Hamas. And Cheryl Chumley will be starting us off. She's from the Washington Times. We're going to talk about censorship, free speech with her. That's coming up next on the Todd Starn Show. From the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's America's favorite gun-toting, Bible-clinging, deplorable American. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Todd Starnes. Oh, yeah. And welcome to the Todd Starnes Show, if you're just joining us. I'm Mary Walter, sitting in for Todd. And you can catch me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Later this hour, we'll be joined by Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. But right now on the Patriot Mobile Newsmaker Hotline, it is Cheryl Chumley, Washington Times Opinion Online Opinion Editor and host of the Bold and Blunt Podcast. Find her on Twitter at CK Chumley. Cheryl, welcome to the Todd Starn Show. How you doing? I'm doing great, Mary. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. So you have a very interesting piece uh, that I want to talk about regarding the reinstating of Alex Jones on X. And it seems to be a topic that people don't want to touch with a 10-foot pole because Alex Jones is very polarizing, right? And people write him off, conspiracy theorists, this, that. I personally don't have any feelings about him one way or another because I didn't really pay a lot of attention to him. So 
just so in case people don't know, tell people what Alex Jones got in trouble for. What did he do? Because he he's bankrupt now because of a judgment that was made against him. Yeah, it, it's a shame, right? So whether you agree with Alex Jones and what he says uh, or not, the fact is in America you have the right of free speech, and it's a God-given right protected by the Constitution. And really, it's the most offensive speech, right, that needs protection. No, you don't need to protect speech that nobody cares about. So Alex Jones, back when the Sandy Hook school shooting took place, uh, the, the horrific shooting, right, that killed, I, I forget exactly how many uh, mm-hmm. students and staff members, but devastating. On his show, he suggested that it was a sort of false flag event, that perhaps it was a government plant, that maybe it didn't happen as it was reported to have happened. And so a lot of people thought it was despicable statement, and you may agree or disagree, but the fact is, for him to be booted off social media and dragged through court and sued by the families of the victims of these Sandy Hook uh, shootings was a little bit egregious if you're a First Amendment freedom advocate. Because no matter what you say, it, it it's not the same as actually pulling a trigger. It's not the same as committing a crime. And so he was dragged to court. He had to pay something like something like between $1.1 billion and $1.5 billion in defamation uh, punitive fees to these victims. But the fact that he's reinstated back to social media, to me, is a win, not just for him, uh, but for all Americans, because it solidifies the idea that offensive speech is indeed protected. Yes, and it's interesting. I thought that this was so such a great conversation to have now, because, you know, the left has codified this idea. They made up this idea of hate speech, right? And the left controls our media and and controls what we're allowed to say and who's allowed to say what. If you are white, there are certain words that you're not allowed to say ever. But if you're black, you can say them, right? There is no restrictions on other people's. It's pretty much restriction only on white speech. But there's this idea of hate speech. And I never heard about hate speech. You know, 10 years ago, we didn't know about hate speech. But now all of a sudden, if you're, especially with the rise of Trump, if you support Trump, well, you're a racist and you're a Nazi because you support Trump. So I have every right to to hurt you, to steal from you, to punch you, to to harm you in some way because I'm justified because what you're saying is hateful. So that is now part of the norm now. Hate speech, this idea of hate speech is now part of the norm. But when it comes to things like um, like Israel, it's coming back the other way now. You know, it's kind of it's kind of boomeranging on them now when it comes to this, because now they're getting punished for taking down, for instance, posters and things like that. Because what did they tell us? Words have consequences. You have free speech, but there's consequences. It was never like that. I have free speech and you can walk away. But Alex Jones shows that you can have free speech, but if I don't like what you say, I'm going to ruin you. So now they're getting it, the people who support Hamas and are taking down posters of of, uh, captured Israeli children or um, harassing uh, Jewish students on campus. Suddenly that speech is not protected and they don't like it. So now because they're on the receiving end, does this all change? Well, I would say no, right? Because the media is left-leaning, so they'll just consider this a blip and move on and continue to 
try and stifle the speech of the conservatives, particularly MAGA-type conservatives going forward. And they'll do it successfully because the left controls the media. But I want to go back to what you said about hate speech, because that right there is the key to where this all came from, right? That's the genesis. Way, way back when we started in this country talking about hate speech, and there were question marks raised at the time. People were going, what, what, what is hate speech? What is that? That's something that sounds like it's coming out of socialist Europe, which it was. And for it mm-hmm. to come forth on American soil and then move mainstream, that was what has brought about this success on the far left with stifling speech. Because from hate speech, which is really not a thing, like when you think about it, what, what does that mean? Who defines it? Is it even listed in the Constitution as something that is prohibited? No, it's, it's not. So hate speech doesn't belong in America as something to be debated on the legal, uh, on the legal arena. And from hate speech, though, we got dangerous speech, we got violent speech, we got hateful speech. Uh, if you look under the coronavirus, it, was, it became a danger to raise a dissenting viewpoint of what the government wanted to put out insofar as this COVID mitigation narrative, right? And from that, a whole bunch of people were booted from social media and lost their ability to speak freely. So when you say hate speech, we need to recognize how the left cleverly uses language to yep. bring forth a narrative that does not belong on American soil in a free country and to nip it in the bud early. We never should have allowed hate speech to move mainstream. And because of that, we are where we're at right now. Yeah, absolutely. And the tie-in with COVID is 100%, you know, real as well. You see that uh, all the time. And you note in your piece here, and by the way, you can you can get it on Washington Times. It's Alex Jones' ex-reinstatement, a win for free speech. You, you talk, you give examples of Maxine Waters. Remember when she famously said um, she wanted people to create a crowd, push back on them, let them know they're not welcome. And then they did. They went into restaurants and they drove Sarah Huckabee Sanders out of a restaurant and all these other people. Um, Chuck Schumer saying, you know, saying Gorsuch, uh, Kavanaugh, you've released a whirlwind and all that. And then they're outside of their homes protesting and threatening them. And of course, nothing happened, but they were not held responsible. And yet Alex Jones is. We had there was a guy who um, got thrown in jail for a meme that said, you know, uh, for all you Hillary Clinton voters, you know, the election day is whatever and then gave the wrong date. So how come they're not punished, but yet Alex Jones is being held for for billions of dollars? That's the question, right? Because it's very hypocritical. And uh, again, I think it goes back to the media is the one that advances the narrative that then creates the hype that the trolls on the left use to justify going out in the streets and screaming loudly and throwing bricks through storefront windows and setting police officer cars on fire, and that's all protected speech. But say something that strikes with a conspiracy theory that people don't like, and then be a conservative while you say it, and that all of a sudden is dangerous speech. So there's a definite divide in this nation. And I would say from a conservative perspective, we cannot afford to go down that same path, though, and start doing, because they did it to us, now we need to do it to them. We need to stay principled on the path of free speech for all and recognize that even though these leftist loons out there are saying crazy things about Donald Trump and Donald Trump supporters, 
we need to make the case that they have the right to do it, right? They do. Because once we start taking shots at the left for their speech, then the left actually wins, and we get pushed down a path in America farther and farther away from free speech itself. Hmm. I like using their tactics against them, though, and watching them squirm. It is delicious. <laughs> well, with the with the with the nutcases on college campuses, right, that are uh, crying for from the river to the sea and and so forth, and basically calling for the obliteration of Israel. I would say that's not speech. That's not a free speech issue so much as it is a show of ignorance of the public school system and the left-leaning administrations on college campuses and a moral problem that we're facing in America. So on college campuses, right, speech, there, there is a little difference on college campuses that are privately funded, that aren't funded by tax dollars, where they can restrict certain speech that is deemed offensive or uh, insightful of violence. And what is hypocritical about what they're doing on college campuses is they allow this speech to go forward, the pro-Palestinian movement. But at the same time, Charlie Kirk or Mary Walter, right, goes to a, a campus to make a speech, and you get drummed out of town. So we we need to call for equal access on free speech when it comes to the college campuses. Yeah, I would love to see Congress, you know, take Harvard, MIT, uh, Penn. Those are the ones who are in the, the crosshairs right now. But then there's a report out of the University of Washington how they purposely rigged tenure ships that white people wouldn't get them, especially white men. You know, you know. So this this is very very perva- pervasive in our institutions of quote unquote higher learning. I would love to see the government say, that's it. You know what? For each case, we're withholding funding to you for a year. You get nothing. Harvard gets no money. Penn gets no money. All the, Until you clean up your act, you don't get any money. And start with getting rid of your um, office of DEI, and that's it. But unfortunately, Republicans don't have the guts to do that because we need more women in Congress if you want to get anything done. Sorry, guys, but um, I think we need more, like, Elise Stefan, right? Elise Stefanik's Marjorie Taylor Greens. they don't care. If they don't get reelected, they're, they're going to go home. They don't care. But, so we need more women who, because they're the ones with the guts. They're the ones who care. They're the ones, well, actually, they're the ones who care what to get the job done. So I, I don't think that that will happen. But I really wanted to have this conversation with you, and, and I think we need to have it more and the next time you're on X and you see someone, you know, to cry, I'm leaving because of Alex Jones. I'm like, okay, see ya. Because they never leave. You know, it's like Barbara Streisand. I'm going to leave the country if Trump wins. I'm like, oh, no, you're not. So you're not going anywhere. You know, they, these people, they, it's, it's all full of blather. Like, we care that if they, they, they leave X. So, uh, and also follow Cheryl on Twitter, CK Chumley, as, as how you can follow her. I had a lot more I wanted to talk to you about. Can you stay through the break for one more small segment? Thank you. Oh, yes. Okay, good. I just wanted to talk to you about what's happening with the Supreme Court with Jack Smith because he asked okay. for something and he got it. Now I don't think he's going to be super happy about it. And I absolutely love this. So we're going to take on that coming up. I'm with Cheryl Chumley on the Todd Starn Show. and also host of Bold and Blunt, a podcast. Where can we find your podcast? 
BoldandBlunt.com. You can subscribe to it or you can get it anywhere. Thank you. Sure, of course. Bold and Blunt. Check it out. Uh, very quickly, um, it looks like um, Jack Smith, uh, special counsel Jack Smith, uh, he wants he wants to skip a level in the appeals process with Trump because uh, Trump claim, is claiming immunity in the election case. You know, the election interference that uh, he is being he's accused of multiple of entering multiple criminal conspiracies to change the results of the election, the 2020 election by Jack Smith is, is alleging this. So Trump says, you know, he, he gets turned down because he's in D.C. So Trump's never going to win in a court in D.C. So he went to the next step to, I think it was the district court, Jack Smith, or the appellate level, Jack Smith went to the, directly to the Supreme Court and says, you need to hear this now. He wants to jump it because Jack Smith is trying to interfere in the 2024 election. So what happened when Jack Smith went to the Supreme Court thinking that, oh, they're going to make a decision? So now it, the, the latest is Trump's attorneys have until December 20th to respond, right? The, the Supreme Court put put the response on expedited uh, on an expedited ex, expedited scale, and so they have a few days left to respond. But I, I think Jack Smith is making a real misstep here because it, by all appearances, it doesn't look like he is trying to uphold law and order so much as it is to run roughshod over the constitutional rights of Donald Trump in order to speed the trial to start in March, so that, as you just pointed out, Mary, he can interfere with the election. So it, it, by just the perception, it doesn't look good. And as far as what the court will do in the end, I mean, half the justices are appointed by Donald Trump. So uh, that, that would seem right there <laughs> a little bit shaky ground for Jack Smith to play on. Yes, and, but because of this, Judge Tanya Chutkin, who has not seen a January 6th defendant she doesn't want to send to jail for all of eternity in the in the lowest bowels of hell, has now been forced to pause the case entirely until the Supreme Court decides whether Trump is immune. So now he's dead in the water. He ain't going anywhere. So, and because it was supposed to start up again uh, the day after Super Tuesday. So Trump would basically be tied up in this case instead of out campaigning for Super Tuesday. But she still has retained the right to control his speech and control, you know, um, gag orders and where he can go and all that other kind of stuff because he's still, you know, he's he's still, I guess, a defendant. So she's still doing that. But um they're they're suspending all future hearings and everything until March 4th. So Jack Smith kind of shot himself in the foot here. And I have to say, I, I absolutely love this. A little schadenfreude every now and then is just good for the soul. I know it's supposed to be really bad for you, but it just feels so darn good, doesn't it? It does. And, and look, I think everybody in America outside of the far left, right, the Democrat Party, uh, can look at what's taking place against Donald Trump and not even know all the You don't even have to pay attention every day to what's taking place in the court and know all the ins and outs of the court filings and battles to draw the conclusion that here is a former president of the United States who is the victim of a political hatchet job by his main opponent, who is the seated president and his minions. 
And I think when you look at independent voters in America, when you look at conservative voters who may want, may not have been in Trump's camp, there is a lot of sympathy that, that is being generated there. And I think whatever Jack Smith does, when you look at Jack Smith versus Donald Trump in the media, Jack Smith looks like a loon, right? He, he looks like a hard-charging going to get Donald Trump no matter what type of loon, which plays well in the Democrat Party with their fundraising, no doubt. But for most Americans, it's Donald Trump who comes off as the sympathetic character here. And I think no matter what move comes in court in the next couple months, few months, Donald Trump is going to actually gain some support going into the 2024 election from the whole debacle. Absolutely. Cheryl Chumley, thank you so much. I appreciate your time. Have a wonderful holiday. And thank you for joining me here on the Todd Starn Show. Coming up next, Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. We're going to talk some Taylor Swift with him if he doesn't know that. So that should be fun. (laughs) That's next on the Todd Starn Show. Welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. I'm Mary Walter sitting in for Todd. You can find me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. You can also find my podcast on YouTube and on Getter Live on Tuesday nights. Look for Mary Walter Radio. You can go back and watch old episodes on YouTube. And also the audio is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Now, one of the guys you'll find if you go back and you uh, look through the archives there for the old... Uh, podcast older podcasts you're gonna find this guy lieutenant colonel tony schaefer uh he is president of the of project sentinel and president of the london center for policy research uh his social if you want to follow him on twitter it's t spooky but there is an underscore under each one of the letters hey tony welcome to the todd starn show thank you for joining me oh we don't have him yet oh i thought he was here well you know what figures he's late doesn't it Ugh, fine um <laughs> that, that's totally 100 percent my bad so you know what in the meantime let me tell you something good this is good christmas coming up you always want a deal right for 10 years patriot mobile has been america's only christian conservative wireless provider and when we say only trust me they are the only one glenn and the team have been great supporters of this show which is why todd is proud to partner with them Patriot Mobile offers dependable nationwide coverage. It gives you the ability to access all three major networks, which means you get the same coverage you're accustomed to without funding the left. So when you switch to Patriot Mobile, you're sending the message that you support free speech, religious freedom, the sanctity of life, Second Amendment, our military veterans and first responder heroes. Their 100% U.S.-based customer service team, yay, makes switching so easy. You can keep your number, keep your phone or upgrade, and they sell phones too. Their team will help you find the best plan for your needs. Just go to PatriotMobile.com slash Todd or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation today with the offer code Todd. Join Todd and make the switch today. PatriotMobile.com slash Todd or call 972-PATRIOT. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Todd or call 972-PATRIOT. Ah, all right. Here's Tony now. Uh, Just in time. Perfect timing. Tony Schaefer, thank you for joining me. 
Hey, Mary, always great to join you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things obviously we want to talk about is Israel, since you understand uh, what, what militarily what is happening there. It looks to me like Israel is just ignoring what the United States and the rest of the world is saying with, you know, you should really be nice and you should back down and just give them a chance to breathe. And they're like, no, we're going in, we're wiping out Hamas. Is that what is happening at this moment? Are they just going in and they're just wiping out Hamas? They are. And there's a couple reasons for it. First is because they're out to win. They're, they're not going to pretend that they're going to virtue signal by sending people in who look red and green and, and uh, pretend to actually do something and not achieve anything. They are doing the job, the hard work of beating Hamas. Uh, right after the, uh, the the truce ended, that, that, that pause, they jumped right back in with both feet uh, going south, which people did not expect. They just took another hospital today. Uh, that uh, they they found 70 Hamas uh, operatives. So they're doing what's necessary. And by the way, Mary, they're not leaking. You don't hear them leak something, giving the bad guys an opportunity to prepare for it. And, and that's what the right. Biden administration wanted to do. Biden is, is saying, oh, you need to be much more lenient. You need to tell them what you're doing. Is like, no. And the second reason they're, they, the Israelis are doing well is because they are ignoring the Biden administration. And let's face it, it's easy to ignore them because they talk out of both sides of their mouth. Literally, they've gone back and forth on the issue of should we have uh, ties and restrictions on the aid. Uh, They tried it. it, it, You know, it was a bad response to saying there was going to be restrictions on the aid. And then the White House said, oh, no, 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 we we don't mean there's going to be restrictions on the aid. And then they went back again. So when you literally have John Kirby and Kamala Harris saying things that are polar, polar opposites on a weekend, Nobody knows what to make of it, and therefore nobody listens to it. So, yeah, no, I think it's great because they they do fight to win, and I'm t- I I think they just their fighting force is just masterclass. They are phenomenal, and they have to be because yep. of where they are physically located in the world, and they're surrounded on all sides. They know their enemy. They know what the game is. They know exactly what's happening, and I love the fact that they just don't give two flying in the wind uh, about what the rest of the world has to say. And along those lines, I just saw that Puma now is terminating their sponsorship deal with Israel's national soccer team. What I don't understand what the point of punishing Israel is like all these people who are on the side of Hamas. It just doesn't make sense to me. It's like they haven't learned from from the past where you're usually on the wrong side of this when you do things like this. Yeah, it's interesting. Two points on that, Mary. That the Biden administration keeps calling for a restraint, a more, a more focused use of force. The Israelis are doing just that. The fact that you have nearly 500 casualties, uh, IDF members killed over the process of their offensive, tells me. And we saw the video the last couple of days of the in close, room by room fighting. Uh, they're doing that kind of fighting and taking those kind of casualties, Mary, because. They're trying to be very respectful and protect the citizens. That's why you have those close in. You have grenades going off in the face of these guys. They could be doing it with artillery. They could be doing it with rockets or not. And and things like Puma, the companies like Puma, who ignore the reality which we see, are completely infected by this woke mentality, the same mentality that's affected AOC, uh, uh, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez, and others on the left who essentially have assigned uh, their focus on being in support of the organization which is most like them, which is a Marxist organization. Hamas is very Marxist, very racist. 
and there's a a racist uh, streak now in, in the extreme left that, that, that their their party needs to deal with. Corporations are buying into it for whatever reason, and Puma's one of those companies who, again, is ignoring the reality of which the Israelis are facing and doing a good job, I believe, dealing with it, and, and doing things which I think are going to destroy their brand in the end by doing these sorts of things. I want you to listen to this. This is Megan Kelly on her podcast uh, going off. You, you, I don't know if you've heard this, but I'm sure I don't know if the audience has heard this, but this is her yesterday talking about the group's that side with Hamas here saying, no, we're siding with the Gazans, with the Palestinian people, which they're one in the same. They absolutely refuse to recognize it. And here's Megan Kelly bringing fire. A group that NGO monitored has described as highly political, presenting a highly biased view of the Israel-Palestine war, ignoring any Palestinian responsibility for hardship and contributing to the demonization of Israel. That is the group Taylor Swift thought it might be fun to help raise money for, attend the fundraiser for, and she owes Israelis and Jewish Americans an apology. And I hope they boycott her events until she issues it. Because attending this thing was wrong. It was wrong. Do some Googling. See what they do in Gaza to gaze. See about women's rights in Gaza, Taylor. Otherwise, do this when it comes to talking about those issues again, you clearly know nothing. And she said, do this. She made a, a motion of like with her hand of like, shut your mouth, like just shut it, yeah. shut it. And Taylor Swift attended this comedy show Friday in Brooklyn, New York, Rami Youssef, uh, along with Zoe Kravitz and Selena Gomez and Cara Delevingne and a lot of the younger, you know, the younger women, because it's the liberal women, the liberal white women who are really behind this and they really know nothing. Right. And organizers right. of the event promised to donate 100% of all proceeds directly to this group called uh, ANERA, which is American Near East Refugee Aid. But here's the thing, according to the website... Uh, they strive to provide much-needed emergency aid to the West Bank, the Gaza Strip, Lebanon, and Jordan. It provide, It's a pro-Palestinian organization that provides news, updates, and information in the current situation in Palestine and accepts uh, donations to aid those in need. Um, and that sounds great on the surface, but again, the aid doesn't go to these to the people, does it? It goes right no. to Hamas. Am I wrong? Well, no, Hamas has been... Uh amazingly effective in intercepting any aid that is supposed to go to the Palestinian people. Everything from investment funds, from uh, the, I, the uh, International Monetary Fund, to actual uh, 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 civil projects being funded and provided by, you know, by the United Nations, UNICEF and other organizations, they're supposed to help the people. They actually just steal it. They just take it. And by the way, to your point, the, the Palestinian people just let them do it. Yeah, go ahead and take it. Uh, and that's why what Taylor Swift is doing is actually giving aid and comfort to the enemies of the Israelis. Ultimately, I think, you know, we should be paying attention to that. And yeah, it's sad that you have a, a woman who just turned 32 who uh, has far more influence and money than she actually has the, un- the wisdom to know how to use it properly. And it's, it's not just her, but her voice has been used to amplify the horrific crimes of Hamas by allowing this aid to continue to flow to them. And it's, it's really that bad. And yet somehow the mainstream media, other than a handful of folks like you and Megan, are willing to actually talk about this. It's it's uh, luckily there are a lot of voices out there. And I, and I think that that's really good. There are a lot of people who are, who are talking about this. And I think 
the people who bother to actually pay attention know what is going on. But I think Megan's right that uh, especially young Jewish girls who love Taylor Swift, their parents got to start saying, no, absolutely not. Not happening. And start, start, you know, strangling her, her cash flow. If that's what needs to happen, the left are the ones who taught us that you can have free speech, but it has the, but it comes with consequences. And so maybe, maybe she needs to suffer some consequences before she maybe learns to speak, but uh, learns to think and educates herself before she speaks. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about the vote to uh, authorize the imp- uh, impeachment inquiry. It's not an impeachment process, right. but it's an impeachment inquiry. So here's the thing. Did the Republicans shoot themselves in the foot here? Because if they don't find something connecting directly to Joe Biden, they've got nothing. Well, I think they, no, I think it's a matter of, of weaving together the tapestry of all of these shell companies and payments. Uh, let's go to the heart of this, Mary. What was Hunter Biden selling? He was selling Joe Biden. All the income, all these other things, despite the, the press conference Oh, I'm a lawyer, and I've done all these things. It's nonsense. All Hunter Biden has ever done is live off the name Biden. He has sold, traded, and otherwise scammed people off that name. So ultimately, no matter how you cut it, no matter where they go, Hunter Biden was selling Joe Biden. What they have to do now is circle two squares. First, what exactly was that classified information they found in Joe's garage Nexus Corvette being used for? My sources tell me that was being sold. That was part of what they were selling as part of Team Biden to, to folks who were willing to pay that bill. Think about it. That's espionage. That's huge. So I think that's going to come into focus soon. And secondly, regarding uh, these loan payments. By the way, Mary, you have a $40,000 loan you can repay me right now? Just out of curiosity, you can send me a check if you want. I'll, I'll take it. Uh, but that's the point, is that they've been doing this sort of thing with checks without regard to what the reality is, which is it's this just bribery. Wouldn't it be easier? A listener called in, uh, Mike called in with this, and I, and I think it's actually really brilliant. Wouldn't it be easier and quicker, instead of trying to get all of this paperwork, you know, because you know you're going to get, you're going to get, um, they're going to get stonewalled. You know, paperwork's going to disappear just like it did after Mueller, you know, just like the January 6th tapes are gone. They destroyed evidence. It, it oops. And there's no repercussions for destroying evidence. If you're a Democrat, wouldn't it be easier to just go after him for what's happening on the border? Cause that's treason. He's, he's sex trafficking. He is he American taxpayers paying to move these people all over the country. We're dropping unaccompanied minors off at homes. We don't know who we're dropping them off to. We know that we're, enabling sex trafficking is not all of this treason and sex trafficking is illegal it's got to be in violation of u.s law isn't that a heck of a lot easier to go after than than dealing with all this other stuff oh i go after him after regarding the debacle in uh, in uh, afghanistan and leaving the right. fourth largest army on the ground and the answer is i think that the political right wants to draw this out uh, to let it be something that hobbles Biden, basically either forces Biden to not run or out of office. And I think doing those other things may well do it, but they, I think they want to see this kind of play out. And I, I think that for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not a political consultant. I talk to politicians, but I don't, you know, actually give them political right. advice. But I do believe that the Republican Party wants to draw this out for whatever reason. And I think they believe this drip, drip, drip may be a better option than going more directly at Biden. So that's what they did to Trump. That's what appears. Yeah, it's what they did to Trump. But I just see them making him a sympathetic figure. 
number one. And uh, I think maybe if they're successful in getting rid of him, they get a much more formidable candidate who is not hobbled. They wind up with a Gavin Newsom or, God forbid, a Michelle Obama. And I they, think that's where it's going. Yes, unfortunately. I, think, I agree yeah. with you on this. I think they're miscalculated. So. Yeah, I, I don't. Which which Republicans snatch victory from the jaws of defeat at, excuse me, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory at every possible turn. So I'm, I'm oh, not yeah. very hopeful on this. Um, Tony, would you want to hang around just for a little bit of fun? Uh, Do you have time? If you don't have time, that's fine. I, I really am late on another taping. But okay, like all right. I'll time. let you go. I'll let you go then. Right, have a wonderful first. Christmas. Thank you for joining me. That's Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer, and you can follow him on uh, Twitter at TSpooky. Just put a line between each letter, and you can follow him on social media. All right, a little bit of fun coming up on the Todd Starn Show. Hey, welcome back to the Todd Starn Show. Okay, so have you seen this video out of the White House. Now, it's super hard for me um, to to um, explain it to you because it is super visual. Ben, I have, if you've seen it, please chime in here, Ben. Uh, but Jill Biden, Jill Biden sent out this video and it's by a dance troupe called Dorrance <laughs> Dance. Have you seen this, Ben? I have. Okay. It's something. Is that what we're going to call it? Well, we could, do, so what's the dance? I don't understand. Is this the ballet? Yeah, yeah, it's the it's it's, they, it's it's kind of it's a, really a tap group, okay, in in the White House, and they go through all the different rooms because you know it's all decorated for Christmas. Which if you ever get the opportunity to see the White House at Christmas, it's amazing. I was so blessed to go when Melania Trump did it, so it was absolutely stunningly beautiful and wonderful and magnificent and classy and elegant. Wait, did now, you see the red trees? Well, that was the year with the red trees. I didn't go the year uh, with the red trees. Okay. That I thought was a little weird. Um, the <laughs> All right, carry on. I'm sorry. I didn't love. So anyway, so with Doris, Dorrance Dance is the troupe that did this video. This And their website, they say that TAP, which is what they do, is a subversive dance form that is rooted in protest and transcendence. They say, our goal is to engage with audiences on a musical and emotional level and to share the complex history and powerful legacy of this American art form through the country and the world. Um, Boy, is she taking (laughs) heat for this. It is one of the, the weirdest things I've ever seen. Now, some people love it. Some said totally love it, Ms. Biden. As much as we have, uh, Ms. Biden, as much as we have showed the love for your playful, playful, creative side and arts. Someone else said the United States of bananas. Uh, Someone else tweeted, "Looks like the White House switched from cocaine to acid." (laughs) Uh, Someone said, "What's with the Hunger Games aesthetic?" It is the weirdest thing. There is a guy in a suit wearing a bunny mask. It makes me miss the red trees. Does, exactly. Yes. There is a guy in like a mechanics jumpsuit that's blue and green and white. And he's got this huge purple flower on his head. The guy with what is with the bunny mask? For it looks Christmas? like the greatest it, showman, the circus, Mary. Yeah. Is that what it is? Is that mm-hmm. what it looks like? The circus. Yeah. It's tacky, utterly tasteless. You got to check it out on the White House's uh, Twitter feed. More coming up on the Todd Storm Show.
from the Liberty University studio in Memphis, Tennessee, it's Common Sense Conservative Commentary from Todd Starnes. That's us. That's right. I love this American ride. Walter in for Todd Starnes. You can find me on Twitter at Mary Walter Radio. Okay. Uh, first up, uh, we have a call. Let me, let me take this call here. Hold on. There's a note. This guy calls a lot. Try to make it quick. He can be a little boring. Okay. No worries. Uh, I believe we have a Todd on the line here for us. Hi, Todd. Welcome to the Todd Starn Show. How are you? Mary, I'm doing well. Ben, you're fired. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Greetings from North Carolina, Mary Walter. Wow, look at you getting out of town and heading to the coast. Good for you. What are you doing in North Carolina? So uh, speaking at a big event tonight uh, near Hendersonville, and I'm actually listening to the radio show on the radio. WHKP is our great affiliate in Hendersonville. And don't tell anybody this, Mary, but we're about to drop by and surprise everybody at the radio station. So uh, we'll just keep that on the down low. You're not good at this, are you? I'm I'm really not actually. No, I'm here. Um, it's funny. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. The Faith and Freedom Coalition is sponsoring a big event tonight at, in Polk County at the high school. It starts at six o'clock, and you know we'd love for everybody to come out. I'm going to be speaking, and you know it. I, I'm not wearing a suit for this one, Mary. And the only reason why is they were promoting the fact that the musical entertainment for tonight is a bluegrass band. So you don't oh. wear. A... Did he just hang up on me? Hmm. We lost Sounds Todd. Like, we'll get him back. He hung up on me. But you know what, Ben? He, you know what he tells me what he's wearing? Because I keep telling him, Todd, seriously? The sweater vest again? The vest again? I'm... Seriously, Todd? You got you gotta you gotta change it up here, dude. You got you're on you're on Newsmax TV all the time. Your career's expanding, you're growing, he's losing weight, he looks great, and he's always got on that greenish gray vest. What it's it's his signature look. It's like DeSantis in the boots, Mary. It's not a good look, though. See, here's the problem. Oh, oh. And if I think we have, have a, what? We have Todd is, back, so we'll put oh, him is on. Is he back? Next. Is he back? Todd? See, now when He's you hang up on me, we get, when you, ha- when you hang up on me, we get to talk about your choice of wardrobe while you're not listening. <laughs> By the way, we're literally at the Hendersonville City Limits. Did you know it's B-City, USA? It's Beat City? B, as in Bumble. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Bees are good. I know people are like, oh, bees are good. Bumblebees don't sting. And they're very good. I have a, I have flowers. Like we put a whole part of our, our, um, like our hedges, like our shrubbery. And we put a little spot there to make a bee, like a bee friendly flowers and things like that to help them because we need more bees. So that's great. I'm I'm traveling around. I'm actually staying at uh, the farm of Paul and Michelle Cox, and Michelle and I wrote the Daily Biscuit book together. And uh, they're sort of oh. driving me around. Um, they just took me to a place, Mary, um, that you would love. It's called Southern Chicks, which is apparently where you know Southern guys go to pick up women. Is that so what it is, or is like it a place? It, it really, or is that? It just, is it just a place where where you go? Like that's what you think it's going to be, and it turns out to be a feed store for chickens. There are no chickens. It really is like a, a cool Hobby Lobby. Not that Hobby Lobby is not cool, but this is a really cool Hobby Lobby. 
That's really cool. That is neat. I, I love I love what you're doing. Being able to travel around the country, not flying over it, but actually traveling the back roads and things like that. When we, We'll pick a part of the country and we're like, we're going to go spend a week there. And we stay off the highways and we try to take all back roads. And it's amazing the things that you see and stuff that you never thought you would do and know, nobody knows about. I love that stuff. That's fantastic. It's it's really a lot of fun. As a matter of fact, we dro- just drove by like an RV dealership, and they had their Christmas display out front, which is a mannequin looking like Cousin Eddie from Christmas Vacation. Oh, <laughs> my you know, husband was cutting- only in North Carolina. My husband, we we went to a Christmas party last year. We were told to dress festive, so my husband went as Cousin Eddie. He had a he had a hose and everything. <laughs> Never invite us to a party and tell us to dress festively. So, Todd, you know, you're you're speaking tonight, 6 o'clock, at the Polk City High School uh, there in North Carolina. This is part of the Faith and Freedom uh, Bold and Courageous Tour. So what exactly are you talking about on this tour? What does it mean to be bold and courageous? We're going to talk We're going to talk about the big, the big issues of the day, having a lot of fun with it. Um, and uh, one of the other things... Uh, one of the other things that we're going to be talking about is the culture at large and uh, some of the big issues that, oh, we're just passing something called Hooterville. Um, Do not stop there, Todd. Don't stop there. No. <laughs> you see, that was the thing. When we were, they were talking about the Hooties, I thought originally it's really the Houthis, not the Hooties. And I thought a good chicken wings. I didn't realize they were in Gaza. <laughs> I think you and I need to spend a weekend together, Todd, and I need, I need, I need to teach you some things. <laughs> Mary, I hate to do this, but we are literally pulling up into the Radio Ranch here at WHKP in their parking lot. But again, don't tell them we're here. All right. So we look forward to seeing everybody. You're doing a great job, and uh, keep Ben in line. I will, and no matter how good they tell you the chicken wings are, don't go to Hooters or Hooties or whatever it's called. Don't go there, all right? (laughs) Goodbye. Have fun, Todd. Go see Todd tonight, 6 o'clock, Polk City High School, for the Faith and Freedom Bold and Courageous Tour. (laughs) Cracks me up. So funny. I love playing with Todd. Uh, Okay, I want to talk about something that's not getting a lot of play in the mainstream media. And you are welcome to join me, 901-260-5926, 901-260-5926. A poll was done by the Heartland Institute and Rasmussen Reports. And here's what they found. They found that one in five voters who cast mail-in ballots during the 2020 presidential election admit to participating in at least one kind of voter fraud. These are the ones who admit it. When asked during the 2020 election, did you fill out a ballot in part or in full on behalf of a friend or a family member, such as a spouse or a child, 21% of respondents who said they voted by mail answered yes. Filling out a ballot for someone else is illegal in all states. Some states will allow people to assist, though, assist someone with voting, you know, someone who's elderly or something along those lines. 17% of mail-in voters uh, said they voted, quote, in a state where you were no longer a permanent resident. 17%. 17% also admitted to signing a ballot or ballot envelope on on behalf of a friend or a family member. Both of those, voting in a state where you no longer live and forging a signature on a ballot or ballot envelope are fraudulent activities and it invalidates the votes when they're caught by election officials. 
According to election data, more than 43 percent of 2020 voters cast ballots by mail. It's the highest percentage ever in U.S. history, which is exactly what the left wanted. More from this poll, 10 percent of all respondents, not just those who say they voted by mail, claim that they know a friend, family member, co-worker or other acquaintance who has admitted that he or she cast a mail-in ballot in 2020 in a state other than his or her state of permanent residence. Sounds like a lot of voter fraud going on there. 901-260-5926. Now, this is self-admitted. Self-admitted. Now, of course, it's anonymous, so people, I think, are much more likely to be honest when they respond when it is anonymous. 8% of all respondents said a friend, a family member, or organization, such as a political party, offered to pay or, quote, reward them for agreeing to vote in the 2020 election. They were also asked if your state bailed mail-in balloting in next year's presidential election. Would you choose to vote in person or would you choose to vote not at all? 94% said, well, I'll just vote in person. See, so it's not that big of a hardship. 2% said they wouldn't vote, and 4% aren't sure. Let me give you those numbers again. 17% of mail-in voters admitted that they voted in a state where they are no longer a permanent resident. For instance, college kids. Think about this. If you were at college uh, during the 2020 election, and it was one of those states where just everybody got a ballot, you probably got a ballot at your address at school. You probably also got a ballot at your address at home. If you voted using the ballot at school, you voted illegally in a state you are not a permanent, of which you are not a permanent resident. And on top of that, if your parents voted your ballot at home for you, that's illegal. That's an illegally cast ballot. That's a crime. How many, though, had both cast? Maybe not purposely. But maybe mom and dad are like, oh, yeah, mom's like, I filled out your ballot for you. Just just want to let you know, because I don't want you not to be counting. You're like, mom, I filled out the ballot here in Pennsylvania where I'm in school. Oh, well, now you voted twice and both are illegal ballots. 21% of mail-in voters admitted that they filled out a ballot for a friend or family member. 17% said they signed a ballot for a friend or family member with or without his or her permission. 8% 8% again say they were offered to pay or reward or, or get a reward, be rewarded for voting in the 2020 election. That's one in five voters. Imagine the effect that that had on the 2020 election. And if you said it, if you said, you know what, I think this is open for shenanigans. I know someone who lives in D.C. and he got five or six ballots in different names to his address from previous tenants who just don't take their name off. A lot of people, when they move, they don't bother contacting the state from which they're moving to say, oh, take me off the voter rolls. I'm moving to North Carolina. They just don't bother to do that. So they wind up being registered in both states. So their old address in you know Tennessee will now get a ballot in their name or whichever state you happen to be they get a ballot in their name and where they now register to vote in their new state, they'll also get a ballot there. All these ballots flying around out there rife with fraud for, you know, for the opportunity of fraud. But, do, but people are so cowed because of lawsuits and everything else that nobody even wants to say it. And that's the point, right? You're not allowed to say, um, excuse me, 
think there's a problem with just like putting thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of ballots out there with no accountability whatsoever. And then when they come back, we're finding out a lot of them are counted that shouldn't have been counted. And, you know, you look at Venezuela, third world country falling apart. And they were able to to count all the ballots in one day, and they knew who won the election by that night. For us, though, it takes weeks on end for some reason. I don't I don't understand it. That that can't be. That can't be. We can't continue to do that. But Democrats are going to fight tooth and nail to keep it the way it is. And you got to wonder why, right? Why do the Democrats want to keep it the way it is with zero, you know, zero accountability in a lot of a lot of situations, uh, rife with fraud? Like, oh, because you don't want to disenfranchise anybody. You're like, mm. yeah, if somebody votes twice, you're automatically disenfranchising someone's vote who voted legitimately. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is my number. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six is my number. And again, you can get me at Mary Walter Radio online on Twitter. I'm Mary Walter, you're listening to the Todd Star Show. <music> bit earlier here he is out and about and he's in north carolina right now 901-260-5926 is my number if you would like to join me so um we had we have uh, michelle Wu, who is a uh, boston's democrat mayor uh, she's the city's first asian american mayor woohoo she checks the box yay and uh, her aide sent out an email for an event for uh, minority-only city councilors. And uh, it said, according to the Boston Herald, on behalf of Mayor Michelle Wu, I cordially invite you and a guest to the Electeds, Electeds of Color Holiday Party. So um, it was sent to all the city councilors, seven of whom are white, but it was only meant for the six councilors, quote, of color. Now, 15 minutes after the email was sent out, the aide apologized and clarified that the invitation was meant only for minority city councilors, but she didn't apologize for planning a party that excluded white city leaders. She said, I wanted to apologize for my previous email regarding a holiday party for tomorrow. I did send that to everyone by accident, and I apologize if my email may have offended or came across as so. Sorry for any confusion this may have caused. Now, um, one guy, Frank Baker, he's a white guy, and he's outgoing. He called, he's leaving. In other words, not like he's super personable. He's leaving. He called the mayor's exclusion of certain members, quote, unfortunate and divisive. He said, I find it unfortunate that with the temperature the way it is, that we would further um, division. He also said, I don't get offended too easily. To offend me, you have to do much more than not invite me to a party. A black city councilor, Brian Worrell, he defended the invitation. He suggested the holiday party was merely a way to represent, quote, all kinds of special groups, except white people. I guess white people aren't a special group uh, or the group that they don't, they don't think they're special. We make space and spaces for all kinds of specific groups in the city and city government. This is no different. And the elected officials of color have been around for more than a decade. He stressed that Dos Santos had no ill will when sending the email. I just want to know, is there a group equivalent group, you know, separate, but equal for white people? I mean, it would make sense because you want separate but equal because we're bat- We're going to have separated. We're going to have separate drinking fountains in no time. They want separate. They want segregated graduations, segregated dorms, segregated study spaces, segregated holiday 
parties, whenever somebody says, I work someplace, which is probably why I lost my job there, but um, I made a point of saying, I'm sorry, but what holiday is this party for? Because it was Christmas party. What holiday? Which one? I'm sorry. Is this Arbor Day? It's a little early for Arbor Day. So which holiday? I hate when people want to just say the holiday. Um, so she is planning a holiday party for all cabinet members, city councilors, and the legislature next week. I think that if any money from taxpayer money is being used for this, there be, better be a separate party for white people. Whitey better get a party too that is also taxpayer funded. Because otherwise, I see a lawsuit. And I'm to that point in my life now where I'm like, you know what? I'm just suing. I'm done with the shenanigans. I'm old. I am getting cranky. I'm hitting curmudgeon phase. And now now we're going to fight. Now there's going to be a lawsuit. I'm done with just, you know, letting it roll off my back. And the mayor is not apologizing. She's unfazed. She doesn't regret her actions at all. Um, When she was asked if she believed the gathering was divisive, she said no. There'll be other opportunities for people of all backgrounds to celebrate together. Just nothing special for the white people. Uh, She said, it's an appropriate way to uh, celebrate identity, culture, and heritage. This is a group that's been in place for many, many years. Doesn't make it right. We celebrate all kinds of connection and identity and culture and heritage in the city. Yesterday, we hosted our official City Hall Hanukkah lighting. I wonder, and we had tree lighting. She doesn't say Christmas tree lightings. Did you did you notice that? It's a tree lighting, but they don't say Christmas tree. Yet they say Hanukkah. They don't say candle lighting. Right? They still will call it a menorah or say Hanukkah, but they don't call it just a candle. But it's just this, you know, it's just a tree that we put some decorations on. It's not Christmas tree. We can't say the word Christmas. She explained that the exclusion of white people was characterized as an honest mistake. Not the exclusion wasn't an honest mistake. The letting it get out there was an honest mistake. And the funny thing is, she's married to a white guy. So she can't even bring her husband to the party. So this idea of separate but equal is ridiculous. And there isn't even separate but equal. It's just separate for them. They get two parties and Whitey gets one. This is not good at all. All right. Still got a little more time here. I have so much to talk to you about. It's all coming up if I can get it in on the Todd Stern Show. about uh, something here. By the way, I'm Mary Walter in for Todd Starnes. Yeah, I'm talking about, uh, I was out out and about yesterday trying to buy stuff, you know, for, for Christmas, trying to get all that done. You know what though? Here's something different and unique by MyPillow. MyPillow is excited to bring you their biggest bedding sale ever. And just in time for Christmas, for a limited time, get the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. You get a set of pillowcases for only $9.98. And you can rejuvenate your bed with a MyPillow mattress topper for as low as $99.99. Now, I will tell you that from experience, that MyPillow mattress topper is a game changer. Game changer. We have a horrific mattress and it's in our guest room and people would complain which i understand so we got the my pillow mattress topper 
It's fantastic. Totally worth it. They also have blankets in every variety of sizes, colors, styles. They even have blankets for your pets. You can get duvets, quilts, down comforters, body pillows. Oh, I love a body pillow. Bolster pillows and so much more. All with the biggest discounts of the year happening right now. They are also extending their money-back guarantee for Christmas until March 1st, 2024, making them the perfect gift for your friends, your family, and everybody you know. So, and it's super easy, too. You don't have to leave the house. Go to MyPillow.com, use the promo code STARNS, or call 1-800-839-8506. You'll get huge discounts on all MyPillow bedding products, including the Giza Dream bed sheets for as low as $29.98. And get all your shopping done now while quantities last. i got to tell you, I love me some easy shopping. I don't have to leave the house. Sign me up. Okay, but a lot of people like to leave the house. And... um. Uh, ben, I just we're gonna we're gonna go to that the uh, other audio clip here. So if you guys want to get that ready, uh, so this happens Southwest Airlines. Now this has been going on for a while, and I never heard about this, and it's just coming to the news now, because these TikTokers who are quote unquote plus size and they're super proud of being plus size. They're not plus size. They can't walk straight down an airplane aisle. They got to side you know go sideways because they're too wide. Now, I can say all of this because I used to be very fat. I don't call it plus size. I was fat. I was. And I lost 60 pounds. So, you know, I I own it. I was. I had to acknowledge it. I don't find it healthy. Uh, when you get older, you're going to have a boatload of problems. I don't care that you're, oh, I'm, doctor says I'm healthy. Yeah, because you're 23. Give me 20 years and talk to me about how healthy you are. All right? So I don't find it healthy. Don't tell me it's attractive because it's not. Sorry. I don't find it attractive, but here's the thing. They've been, there's a couple of them who have been all over the airlines that they shouldn't have to pay for two seats because it's not fair just because I'm plus size. It's discrimination. Flipping Southwest Airlines has bought into this now and they have a customer of size policy and that allows overweight passengers to request a complimentary seat and it forces the flight staff to accommodate larger flyers, even if that means moving everybody else and even kicking people off the flight. These people come before you. They get to board the plane first. So what it is, is when they, when they call, they want them to say, I'm a, a, what is it? A passenger of size, customer of size. So I'm going to need two seats. They ask you to reserve two seats and pay for two seats. Then, um, they have the options of per- they have the option of purchasing just one seat and then discussing the seating need with the customer service agent at the departure gate. If it is determined that a second or third seat is needed, you'll be accommodated with a complimentary additional seat. So if you're flying with your kid and you guys are normal regular size, I hate to say normal size, but you know, average size you each have to pay for your seats. If that person, if somebody else is so big that they need two, maybe three seats, they pay for one seat, but get two or three. If you need two or three seats for two or three people in your family, you have to pay for two or three seats. So the team will look at the seating arrangements and they could potentially move other passengers around for the quote unplanned accommodation. They suggest that plus size passengers purchase the extra seats in advance and then contact the airline for a refund of the additional of the cost of additional seating after travel. Mm-hmm. 
The purchase of additional seats serves as a notification of a special seating need and allows us to adequately plan for the number of occupied seats on board. But it's totally okay if these people just show up and say, oh, by the way, I'm plus size, so I'm going to need more than one seat. They can just show up right then and there without having done the, you know, the extra paying because maybe they don't want to, whatever. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with getting their money back, which I understand that. But they inconvenience everyone else on the plane to accommodate one person. Are you at way to go out of business Southwest way to just tick off every as if flying is not a miserable enough experience. Southwest said, hold my beer. I can make it more miserable for everyone. Now the audio that I'm going to play for you um, is a, a woman who had to deal with this. She went to Disney with her two teenage daughters and um, she, she wound up, getting bumped because of this policy. Listen to what she had to say. It's crazy. This video is going to be very controversial, but I really need to understand what just happened. Flying from Montego Bay, stop in Baltimore, going home to Denver. And in Montego Bay, they tell us on Southwest that we cannot go on the plane Later to find out that there's a person of size that did not purchase two tickets, but was being accommodated. And that is why we could not get in on the airplane and about to get stuck outside the country. Please help me understand um, why am I, do I have to spent the night without any accommodations in Baltimore because person over over what is a person oversized person how did they call her um didn't purchase a second ticket please tell me that i'm missing something please tell me it is not okay to kick a person out of the plane who paid for the ticket for an person of size who did not am i truly missing something so think about that so this person a person of size just shows up doesn't let them know ahead of time by purchasing a second seat needs a second seat so they kick this woman and her two kids off the plane who paid for their seats and instead they're going to give this the the person of size one seat for free and this other person is kicked off the plane is stuck in Baltimore, no hotel room, and doesn't get to fly till the following morning. Plus, all of their luggage got passed through to Denver. So they have no clothes to change into nothing. I, 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 I don't understand this at all. We've lost our minds, right? Have we lost our minds? There's, there should be, so they're just going to have, there's no preparing on their part. There's no notification required on the person of size's part. They say, yeah, I've done this a dozen times. I've never had an issue or been denied. And you, you're allowed to pre-board ahead of everybody else. You go to the airline booth and say, hi, I'm hoping to use your customer of size policy today. No advance notice. And if they're booked, they just kick off paying customers. You enter the air. You get on first. You enter the aircraft. Get your seatbelt extender and grab your seat. I place the ticket in the seat next to me. If anyone tries to sit in it, I kindly let them know that I have two seats booked. 
But honestly, they didn't have two seats booked. They had one seat booked and took someone else's seat if the flight is booked. And she goes on to say, to be honest, I almost never get approached because no one wants to sit in the middle seat next to a fat person on a plane. I hate the world right now. Seriously, I hear stuff like this. I get it. You you got a tough life. You you got problems. You are a quote unquote person of size. You are obese. You spill over into the next seat on a plane. Makes it uncomfortable. But so you have to pay for two seats. Life is hard. We all have something in life that makes life difficult for us. This is yours. Other people shouldn't have to accommodate you because of that. You, if I use two seats, whether I put someone in the seat next to me or I just want to expand whatever, I should have to pay for two seats. If you are using two seats, even though you only got one butt, but it's using two seats, you should have to pay for two seats. To me, this is simple. I am shocked that Southwest is kowtowing to this. Absolutely shocked. 901-260-5926. I'm telling you, it's things like I said, this is why I, I, I just hate going out among the masses because of things like this. Again, I'm approaching curmudgeon stage. <laughs> The pedal to the metal as I'm just zipping right towards it. The ball comes in my yard. I'm keeping it. <laughs> this is where I am. I don't know. Or maybe maybe I'm wrong on this. Maybe I'm seeing it wrong. Uh, I just think that they should have to give some kind of notice. If they want to give them a seat for free, that's fine. But it has to be done in advance. You can't kick people off the plane and then leave them stranded in a city somewhere and not give them a hotel. Just, just not even leave them stranded in a city somewhere. That's not right. 901-260-5926 is my number. 901-260-5926. I'm Mary Walter, and you're listening to The Todd Starn Show. And I'm Mary Walter in for Todd Starn. So I get to be with you tomorrow, too. I'm very excited about that. Yay, I get to be with you tomorrow. A couple of things just to want to wrap up here because I have just so much. And right now the uh, jury is deliberating in the Rudy Giuliani case. You know, he supposedly owes this Ruby Freeman woman, you know, a bunch of money defamed her. And she wants, you know, she thinks she's worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars. So we'll see what happens there. She'll probably get it because it's Rudy Giuliani. So I'm sure a jury, you know, hates him. So. You know, he'll he'll probably want, she'll probably wind up getting it, and it'll be it'll be uh, challenged, and up the chain we go. So, uh, just a couple things I wanted to share with you before I leave you. And if you want to jump in on anything we talked about today, totally, totally love to hear from you. Nine zero one two six zero five nine two six. Facebook's former diversity program manager Barbara Furlow Smiles has pleaded guilty to stealing more than four million dollars from Facebook through fake business deals in exchange for kickback for kickbacks. Now, I have to tell you, this is actually brilliant, which is sad. Uh, from January 2017 through September 2021, she led the D- DEI programs at Facebook. She committed the fraud by linking PayPal, Venmo, and Cash App accounts to credit cards given to her by Facebook. 
and then use those accounts to pay friends, relatives, former interns at a, interns at a prior job, nannies, babysitters, a hairstylist, and others for goods and services that were never provided to the company. So it's like company cards that you're supposed to use because the company trusts you and you're supposed to use because you're, um, you know, doing, you know, buying stuff for the company. Okay. After those people receive the payments, they kick back a percentage of the funds to furlough smiles, according to prosecutors. The kickbacks were paid in cash and through transfers to accounts in various names, including her husband. Some of the kickbacks were allegedly paid in cash, sometimes wrapped in T-shirts and other items. She also had Facebook hire vendors that were owned and operated by friends and associates who also paid her kickbacks. Sounds like something Hunter Biden would be in on, doesn't it? Gotta admit Put a lot of thought into this. If you put as much thought into like making money legitimately, you probably would have been in a better place. To conceal the fraud, she submitted false expense reports claiming the individuals performed work on Facebook programs and events, according to the DOJ. After they were hired, she allegedly approved fake and inflated invoices and then received a portion of the money paid to the vendors under the table. This chick was getting it on all sides, wasn't she? She uh, also misled Facebook into paying money to entities who didn't provide kickbacks, including nearly $10,000 to an artist who created specialty portraits and more than $18,000 to a preschool. So she was apparently living high on the hog in both California and Georgia. And um, that has come to a screeching halt. I don't know how they found out about it. But that has come to a screeching halt, and rightfully so. One other thing that I, another brilliant scheme, uh, I got to give him credit where credit is due here. 50 year old Michael, guy named Michael Green and a 37 year old guy named Byron Bolden were sentenced this month in Colorado after they were convicted of retail theft at a Coles department store out in Parker, Colorado. An investigation learned that they were connected to other thefts at various coals, leading the store. <laughs> and they were um, they were particularly going for the appliances. So they wound up being called the KitchenAid Mixer Crew because this is what they were stealing. They stole KitchenAid appliances for the most part, but they also stole things like brand name shoes and clothing. During the trial, their defense attorneys told member of the members of the jury that they should face a lesser misdemeanor charge because some of the items they stole were on sale at the time of the theft. Which is brilliant because under Colorado law, theft less than $2,000 is a misdemeanor offense. Theft between $2,000 and $5,000 is a felony. And the prosecutors valued the items stolen by the two as two, at $2,095. But that was at full price, according to the lawyers. Brilliant. <laughs> well, Your Honor, if you look at what they were worth at the time, it's really a misdemeanor offense because it wasn't $2,000. I'm sorry, but props. I have to tell you, props to the lawyers on this. But the jury convicted both men of felony theft. They weren't going for it, uh, which is a good thing. And it's good to see um, someplace actually prosecuting some kind of theft because um, nobody does it anymore. Nobody prosecutes theft anymore at all. So um, one more quick thing. I just want to share this with you. Uh, in, there is a panel. Now, it's, this is being done by Dr. Gunda George Georg from the University of um, Minnesota. 
And they found that there is what they're calling the Holy Grail. It is a male contraceptive pill that is 99% effective and 100% reversible. It's being tried out on some British men are in this uh, study, the humans trial, and it's all, there's only a couple, there's only like 16 of them in this trial. It works by blocking the vitamin A supply to the testicles and it halts sperm production. There are no, there are currently no male contraceptive drugs, so they're hoping that this is one day going to be a popular alternative because the female pill, I mean, there's a lot of hormones involved in it. It's a lot more, it's a lot more dangerous to take, even though a lot of women take it take it's very popular it is a lot more dangerous whereas this just blocks the vitamin a supply to the testicles and so it's not there's no side effects from hormones uh so they say the world is ready for a male contraceptive and our preclinical data is strong i feel confident in its safety i don't know is the world ready for that so the researchers believe that be, uh, because it just stops sperm from temporarily being made, that it's easily reversible and it doesn't affect the patient's health. It, the safety trial only involves men who have already had a vasectomy, so it's not going to be um, harming them. And polls suggest that between three and five out of 10 British men would consider taking a contraceptive pill if one were available. It's easier than a vasectomy, right? Right? So, Okay. So I've got so much. I will be back with you tomorrow. Um, thank you so much for letting me spend the time with you. Alan, Ben, Grace, everyone, Todd, thank you. See you tomorrow. I'm Mary Walter on the Todd Starn Show. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.